A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do this, when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Here ends the reading. A few days before this day, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a colt to the shouts of hosannas from his disciples and the crowd. As he approached the city, though, Jesus became solemn and wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. On the day we celebrate as Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphant march into Jerusalem, he weeps for the city and for the people who fail to recognize the things that make for peace and the humble God in their midst. He weeps for the suffering these people will experience because of their inability or unwillingness to choose the path of peace over violence, pacifism over victory, simplicity over grandeur, weakness over power. He weeps because the people decide yet again that they do not want a king like God, a king who is vulnerable, a king who suffers. This is a story told over and over throughout the scriptures. Many centuries before this day, the people of Israel demand that the prophet Samuel appoint a king for them so that they might be like other nations. Samuel prays to God for guidance, and God's response brims with hurt and anguish. They have rejected me, God says, from being king over them just as they have done to me from the day I brought them up out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. Samuel warns the Israelites about their bitter fate, the abuse and oppression they and their children will suffer if they insist on choosing a king other than God. And the people respond, We are determined to have a king over us, so that we also may be like other nations and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. That is the kind of king the people want. What happens on the road to the cross was happening for a long, long time before the first Good Friday. 
and it continues to happen today. We, the people, want a different kind of king from God. Even though God walks beside us, we don't recognize God's presence in our midst. And even when we do get a glimpse, we reject God as our king, choosing warriors who will fight battles for us over the things that make for peace. When we reject God, God suffers. God is not removed or indifferent or unfeeling about the choices we make. God cares. When we reject God, God feels the pain of that rejection. And when the choices we make lead to our own suffering and the suffering of others, God suffers too. The German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, To me, the idea that it is really God who suffers has always been one of the most persuasive teachings of Christianity. I believe that God is closer to suffering than to happiness. Crucifixion was one of the cruelest, most sadistic forms of execution that the powers that be had imagined, the prolonged suffering and humiliation that took place in front of jeering, callous witnesses was intended to destroy a person in body, mind, and soul. Jesus, walking scourged, tortured, and mocked on the road toward Calvary, shows us in human form what God's suffering looks like when we reject God, when we reject the things that make for peace. One of the most difficult challenges we face in life, even worse than our own suffering, is bearing witness to the suffering of others. Sometimes it is so hard that we choose to turn away rather than see with our own eyes the pain that others experience. If this execution were taking place on the road outside these doors, right on Fifth Avenue today, would we have the courage to bear witness? I'm not sure I would. Some things are just too painful to watch. And yet these daughters of Jerusalem keep their eyes open. Who are these women that Jesus calls the daughters of Jerusalem? Were they professional mourners who came out to offer comfort through their tears for all those on their way to brutal and humiliating death? Were they women who did not know him at all except as an innocent man condemned to die in excruciating pain, who weep for him because they know what is happening to him, the mockery, the scourging, the brutal, prolonged public execution is just so wrong. Or were they women who knew Jesus personally, who were taught by his words or healed by his touch, who felt seen, understood, 
and cared for by him in a way they had never experienced before. Jesus certainly sees them now, sees their weeping, hears their wailing. He is weak now, too weak to carry his own cross, but not too weak to see their tears and to respond. How are we to interpret his words? Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Are they words of reproach, criticizing their tears for being insincere displays of emotion, or, if genuine, then too little, too late? Are they words of compassion and sorrow that demonstrate more concern for their future than his present? Are they words of comfort, indicating that even in his desperate, tortured state, he still sees their tears and hears their cries? Are they words of warning, preparing them for a future in which they and their children will be more vulnerable than they already are, so vulnerable that they will wish they had never born children at all? so that they would not have to see their children suffer and die. Weep for yourselves and for your children. Is Jesus saying these words to me, to us? We who have born children, we who love the children God has put into our lives, our families, our church, Is Jesus speaking to all of us who love these living gifts of humanity that bring joy to our present and inspire our hope for the future? It is possible for me to imagine enduring great suffering myself, but when I think about my children's suffering, if any of us think about the children we love suffering, that becomes too much to bear. And yet there are so many people in our world today who have no choice but to bear exactly that. Our world has not tired of inventing cruel, prolonged, heartless ways for people to suffer and die. Jesus tells us that to follow him means bearing witness not only to his suffering or our own, but to the suffering of people we do not know. The 28-pound, 12-year-old starving to death in Yemen. The women sadistically tortured and murdered by gangs in Honduras. Their families who flee to our southern border, desperate to avoid a similar fate. The prisoner spending hour after hour, year after year, in solitary confinement. The isolated, broken, almost invisible person living on the streets of our own city. What loving parents would ever envision such a fate? For their children. 
What loving parent would ever choose a fate so awful for their own child? Only one. Today we bear witness, like these daughters of Jerusalem, to the suffering and crucifixion of our God. We bear witness to the God who chooses to know through personal experience the anguish of the daughters of Jerusalem and their children. We bear witness to the unfathomable generosity of spirit that shows us Jesus' compassion and heartache, that challenges us to remember not only his suffering, but our own suffering and the suffering of others and to weep for ourselves and for them too. We bear witness to the God who grieves our rejection, yet never rejects us, who is wounded by our forgetfulness, yet always remembers us, who suffers whether we are watching or not, and who promises that in our own suffering, we will never be alone.